Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. You would have heard earlier in the week a little preview of my feature on the Andy Raymond Unfiltered Podcast. That is now live on Andy Raymond Unfiltered. I advise you go and have a listen to it now. You can listen to it here if you want, but support Andy Raymond. He's putting out some brilliant content. I believe he's got Roasty, Clarky. I think Denon's jumped on there this week as well, so it's, it's an extravaganza of uh, social media personalities of Rugby League jumping on the potty this week. I think mine's a bit more of a serious footy chat. Uh, then the other ones, I think the other ones are a bit of a um, uh, hit and giggle and whatnot, which is more suited to most of those boys. But a really deep footy chat here reviewing season 2021. As I said, if you want to have a listen to this one, go and listen on Andy Raymond Unfiltered. Uh, go and support the content that he is putting out, doing great things. He's been a fantastic guy in rugby league for a very long time. If you'd rather listen to it here, though, all good, up to you. I'm going to play the full podcast for you now. But as I said, support Andy Raymond, support what he's doing, support all the content creators in Rugby League doing fantastic things for all of us at the moment. This is a very social Christmas 2021. The year in review could also potentially, I guess, be termed the loosest review in Rugby League history because I've got no idea where we're going or how we're getting there. The legends involved are in control of this. I'm done being the crash test dummy for stupidity. It is someone else's turn joining us. Episode three, the rugby league guru. How are you, legend? Are you coping with no footy in the off-season? I'm struggling a bit. Mate, I'm in a little bit of Barney Rubble too myself. I had to uh, talk to my missus for the last few months, so that's been a, a grim little reality just quietly. Bring on the cricket and a little bit of me time. Are we looking back out of 10? What are we giving the season just gone as a whole? Bit of a weird season as far as, uh, you know, rule changes. And, uh, you know, there was obviously that big gap between the top teams uh, and the bottom teams. The way that I look at it, there was probably a gap between the good coaches and the rest of the coaches, realistically. Uh, I know a lot of people on my social media pages were very upset with how it went, but... Mate, I just loved watching those top teams going about their business. Um, I thought that final series from the Penrith Panthers, I, I still don't think people appreciate what they did. For me, I think they had to play essentially four grand finals in a row to win that premiership. Um, it was 
incredible. I, I, I had Nathan Cleary on my podcast the other day, and mate, it was like talking to a 35-year-old halfback. I, had to, you know, I really had to pinch myself to realize how young he is, what he's just been through, and the support crew that he had around him. I don't think any of them are over the age of 30, you know, and to do what they did... Uh, I just thought it was incredible. I remember before they played the Melbourne Storm in that prelim, I just sat there and thought, I cannot see any possible way that Penrith win this game of football. And then a week later, they were in the grand final, and I thought, I just can't see Penrith losing this. It was it was just one of those seasons, mate. I, I really enjoyed it to see Penrith climb to the top of the mountain then have to reclimb it when it seemingly got harder. They had injuries. I think people forget, like they, they lost their halves coming out of origin as well. So... Uh, to do what they did, simply incredible. First year without Cameron Smith. Uh, essentially, in my lifetime that I remember being a proper rugby league fan that didn't feature Cameron Smith, which was crazy. Uh, and I think it really showed in that prelim final. But a season that I really enjoyed, mate. All the storylines of Benji, Wayne Bennett, Adam Reynolds leaving, you know, the Cleary boys. And that was just the grand final. Incredible stuff. Mate, let's rip through the teams. Want to get your thoughts in the 12 months just gone. Report card time, I guess. We'll go bottom to top, Bulldogs. Yeah, Canterbury, mate. Oh, I thought they'd do a little bit better uh, than what they did this year. Well, I hope so anyway. Obviously, they finished last. But, um, yeah, a really interesting year for Canterbury. I just – obviously, they, they knew they had all these signings coming this year. So, I thought it would have been a really good opportunity to test out guys in positions. And I, I sort of felt like – um, Kyle Flanagan moving forward was going to be the guy. I was a bit surprised to see him not get minutes. I love Jake Averillo. I think he's a great footballer, but I personally don't think he's a halfback. And I look around that club and I think Flano is the only real halfback there. Uh, the other thing was that if Flano wasn't playing first grade, he was sitting in a hotel room. It's not like he was going back to Reggie's to work on his trade either. So I don't know. I look at Canterbury. I look at all these great signings. There's some big names arriving there, but you know the, these competitions, they're one in your spine. And I still look at Hooker. I'm not totally convinced on Jeremy Marshall King as a premier hooker, which is what you need to win a comp, which is what they want to be doing. Uh, I look at halfback. I mean, are we going with Flano? Are we going Avarillo? I'm not really sure how it's going to play out, to be honest with you. But um, I, th- I think there are a number of really good young guys there. Um, I think it's Jackson Topine. I really like the look of him. I think he's a real star of the future. Um, I kind of was a little bit uh, negative on Jeremy Marshall King there, but I think he really did improve last year. So a lot of good things going on with Canterbury. Uh, obviously got all these names walking in. I just think Matt Burton, he could be anything. I think it's going to take time. I don't think it's going to be an overnight success with Matty Burton, but... Um, very Brad Fittler-like, the way that he moves, the way that he comes off his left foot. Um, test for him, playing centre in the best edge in rugby league to playing 5'8 for the Wooden Spooners. A big change, huge sea change. But uh, I'm excited about Canterbury moving forward. And I uh, I kind of feel like Trent Barrett's sort of copped a little bit of unfair criticism for the situations he's been in. Uh, obviously, Manly didn't work out, but... Not sure if that was ever going to work out. Trent Barrett isn't a manly guy. You need manly guys within those walls for me to make it work. Um, I loved what he did at Penrith. I'm very interested to see how how he goes over the next few years. And Phil Gould walking in is just massive. Um, that Gus might be the, the signing of the year. Yeah, Gus is the big one for yeah. me. And I reckon Trent Barrett is under immediate pressure uh, as soon as 2022 starts. What about the Cowboys? Uh, a little bit lost down there in 15th. 
Yeah, Cowboys. I, I I can't. If I had a dollar for every time, every multi the Cowboys lost me, I, I'd be doing pretty well for myself. I just I couldn't work this side out. Um, the highs and the lows they went through obviously doesn't help when you 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 know you've got so much money invested in Tao Malolo who I think I think he broke his hand three times, which was just unbelievable. But then I think what people forget is that. You know, we're, we're all sitting here going, who's going to play halfback, dude, and Townsend? I mean, at the start of last year, they had Michael Morgan, a premier seven in our game, waiting for yeah. him to come back. He had to retire. Like, it leaves a star seven out of any team outside of the Roosters, and they are in serious trouble. A huge hole for any club to be starting behind. Yeah, I mean, people forget, three years ago, he was the best halfback in the game in 2017. I mean, no, he was brilliant. Bit of confusion in those bottom two clubs and they've chopped and changed their halves, which I, I think is a sign of bad coaching. I think you should know who your, your top 13 is and it's up to them to lose their spot. Same can be said to a degree with our next two sides, but but the Broncos chopping, changing halfbacks and five-eighths and the combination all year long, it just ends in tears every time. Yeah, I, I it was tough to watch Brisbane this year, but I was I'm just so excited to see them land Adam Reynolds. It's going to be such a needle mover for me. And as you just mentioned, chopping and changing halves, I hate it as well. But the thing I'm most excited about with Brisbane is watching Albert Kelly and Tyson Gamble go head to head for this six jersey. I think both are incredibly talented, but I think neither is a halfback. I think with Reynolds next to either of them, they'll be exceptional. Um, I also think this year. God, that they're just a different football team when Katoni Staggs is on the field. I, I just think if he can put together two years injury free, I mean he could quite easily be the premier centre in our game. I just, I and hold him so highly. He's a beauty. I think the Smokey could well be Ryan James. I think he's still got some football in him. Very disappointing in Canberra, and he was very disappointed in Canberra. Uh, back home, back in somewhat of a comfort zone. And I think he's the type of guy on and off the field that is a, a mentor to some of the younger Broncos forwards. Let's move on to the Tigers. Been very dysfunctional the last few years. Uh, Timmy Sheens has walked back in there, which is fantastic for them. Uh, they've landed a couple of names over the last few weeks that personally I didn't think it was possible for them be, to be able to land. Um, Jackson Hastings walking back in there as well. I think Jacko is going to be really good for them. I had him on my podcast a couple of weeks ago and uh, I'm very impressed with uh, the guy that he is. I think people are still a little bit negative on Jackson Hastings because of the guy that he was, but uh, there's been a lot of change there. So I'm really excited for him. Uh, Obviously, Luke Brooks still there at halfback. Uh, For for me, I I would love to see a change there for Luke Brooks and for the Tigers. I just think Brooks, he's got so much more to offer, but I'm just not sure if that if that marriage between them is working realistically. Um, not all divorces are bad, and I, I think Brooksy in a different system. Like I'd love to see him land at the Sharks. Maybe I think that'd be unreal for him. Uh, Adam Dewey he went to another level last year. Stefano, I think he's played 25 games, and I, I I think he's the best forward at the club. I'm so excited about him moving forward. Dane Laurie as well. As much as it was a disappointing year, good God, there are a lot of positives to take out of the Tigers' season as well moving forward. So another coach that's going to be under big pressure, I think. Uh, but he's got the cattle there now to, to be able to do something. Probably more so 2023, but I, I, th- I think he's got enough there in that in that squad now to be able to give it a bit of a shake. Brooks, Hastings, 
Adam Dewey. One of them is going to miss out. Um, a curious signing, Hastings, for me. Let's go to the Warriors 12th. There's guys that are going to have played almost three years of football for the Warriors that have never played a home game in New Zealand. Uh, when you put that into perspective, yeah, they underachieved, I guess, in uh, in 2021, but to felt them, you almost feel like you're kicking them while they're down. Mate, I've never associated the word like being resilient with the Warriors, but over the last few years, as much as the latter hasn't shown they've achieved, I just think that the ticker they've shown over the last three years has been unreal. I love what the Warriors have done. A couple of games there where like, there was one game, I think it was against Canberra, where I think they ended up with 14 players, you know, and they just kept, or maybe it was the Tigers, but they just... Like, if you could take the attitude that that team has now and put it in that early, you know, 2000s Warriors, they'd be unbeatable. Like, I'm really excited about the Warriors. I love SJ returning. He's obviously a different footballer um, than when he left. So, very, very excited about that. Uh, A lot of young guys there, you know, Josh Curran, Sirenen, um, just so many guys to be excited about. Reese Walsh, Rocco Berry. I really like the direction that the Warriors are heading, and I'd, I'd like to see Nathan Brown be successful as well. I, th- I think he's been a scapegoat in a lot of situations over the last 15, 20 years, realistically. So uh, another team that every time I tipped them to win, they went belly up. But uh, I'm a big fan of the Warriors and what they're doing and what they've done for our game as well. When you tipped them not to win, they would come up with one of those Warriors performance. I think they should be marked on all of our cards. Do not bet this game. (laughs) I'm going to put the Dragons, the Raiders and the Sharks in a group here together that was 9th, 10th, 11th. For mine, uh, yeah, they were disappointing. They were there or thereabouts, almost challenged, but just didn't have enough. Um, would you agree? Yeah, I would. I'll be honest with you. I, I remember watching that charity shield last year and Latrell Mitchell was running around holding the ball like a tennis ball, giving it to the Dragons. And I thought, Christ, they'll do well to finish 16th this year. And, mate, I've I got to tell you, if it wasn't for that barbecue, I, I don't know if they if, if they don't play finals footy. They were unreal up until that point. Barbecue gate hit and it all went to shit. Um but I, I remember talking to, and you know, you, you probably have a bit of experience with him, but I remember talking to um, Jarrell Yaya at the start of the year and I, mm. he, he mentioned how good Hook is at getting the very best out of blokes. And I sort of, as a fan, not meeting him, not knowing anything about him, sort of went, geez, surely he can't get much out of this squad. And I thought they were great, mate. I, I thought they were really impressive until the barbecue thing, which is probably a re- reflection of deeper things at the Dragons. But I'm very hesitant to write them off based on what they did last year until the barbecue hit. The Canberra Raiders, mate, I, I had them making the grand final at the start of the year. I just, I think they were the, the biggest underperformers in rugby league. To think that they were in a grand final, a prelim final, and then threw up what they did last year with seemingly a very similar squad. Um, yeah. It was it was a very strange year. I, they're another team, the Canberra Raiders, I watch them every week and I go, this is the week they'll click. This yeah. is the week it'll turn around. And, just never happened, uh, but mate, they, if they if they're a top four team next year, based on the squad, I wouldn't be surprised. But based on how they performed last year, they're a very strange team, Canberra. They they could finish sixteenth or first, and I've got to tell you, I don't know if I'd be shocked either way. You know, it was Barbecue Gate the uh, the story of the year? 
Mate, it has to be right up there. Uh, And if it wasn't the story of the year, it was the stories that came off that of blokes hiding in rugs under beds. It was unreal. I don't care what's true. It was just great to listen to. Yeah, exactly right. Jack DeBellin under the bed. Absolute fucking gold, actually. I I Uh, heard there was a a Josh Maguire rug. He wrapped himself in a rug. And in my head, I'm picturing how big a fucking rug has to be for Big Moose to fit in it. You know, whether it's true or not, I don't care. It was just sensational to hear those stories. And then you've got Corey Norman hurdling (laughs) fences down the street. Oh, Normie, yeah. No, it was... uh, Never disappoints, mate. Let's go into the top eight. Titans, uh, so much promise, so much expectation. For mine, didn't meet it. And there's still a little question mark there. For me, there's a huge question mark, mate. Uh, You could argue to me that the Titans overachieved unbelievably by making the top eight with a record of 10 and 14. Um, if you lose four more games and you win, I, I just, I can't, I, it's such a weird competition for you to make finals footy. I remember 12 months earlier, the Sharkies made the finals with a 10 and 10 record, never unbagged them. Mm. Titans made it with 10 and 14 and no one mentioned it. I, I couldn't believe it. Um, but so many young guys coming through there, losing Jamal Fogarty is going to be big. I love this Toby Sexton, but um We've seen our fair share of young, really good halves on the Gold Coast, uh, so it, it does worry me a little bit. But uh, I, I think Isaac Liu from the Roosters, I think that's a good little signing for them. Uh, big, big Tino is a sensational player. Getting the best out of Fafita is going to be key. God knows how you do that. But um, I, I'd be very surprised if they play finals footy again this year. I thought the David Fafita signing was curious in the fact the way the game has been played under the new rules, centre and back row are probably the positions uh, that are least important on a footy field at the moment. And I actually thought it may have served as a warning to other clubs, but the Bulldogs have gone all out for Viliami Kickout, paid huge dollars. Uh, Through my eyes, those huge dollars have just got to be reserved for your two props, your lock, and your spine. And uh, and that's where it's successful. Let's go to the Knights, mate. The Mitchell Pierce Knights. He is no longer with us. And they had their struggles. They'd come good, inconsistent again. Another team that I think they were very lucky that the top teams were so good and the bottom teams were so poor this year. Um, they were one of those teams. Like the, the Dragons, the Gold Coast Titans, and the Knights – Every few weeks, I'd look at the ladder and go, Jesus, they're in the top eight. How? How is that happening, you know? Uh, but, yeah, look, oh, I, th- I thought the Knights, they were probably the best of the rest of the competition, realistically. Like, you could draw a line at Parramatta, and the the, the gap between them and the next team was huge, Newcastle. Um, I'm... Uh, mate, I'm not only worried about Newcastle in 2022 without piercing. I'm worried about Newcastle in general. Um, mm. I'm... If I'm Kalen Ponger, I think I've got to start to maybe look around the room and work out if that's where I'm going to be long-term. I'm very worried for Newcastle. Uh, it, it just feels like they've been moving the needle slowly in the right direction for the last few years. But losing Pierce, I always say it, there's such a shortage in rugby league of good halves. There's only about six of them that you genuinely want to wear the seven in your team every week. They had one of them in Mitchell Pierce. Um, it's a huge loss. I... Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online 
you'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Yeah, I can't see them playing finals footy and I think they'll probably be below 10th place, to be honest with you. Yeah, I think a lot of people are going to be uh, forced to maybe reassess their thoughts and opinions on Mitchell Pearce without him in this night's lineup. So we move to the top six, and as you said, the Eels were the bottom of this. Uh, we both agree that this was probably, you know, the top six, then the rest. Parramatta, uh, I'm a tragic, love them. And the thing that gives me some positivity is the resolve that they put in in that final performance of the year against Penrith. I thought it was their best performance of the year against the odds. Um, but a six-place finish, the Eels should be better than that. They should be, mate. But those, geez, those top four teams, they are some bloody good footy sides, you know. Um, Parramatta, though, I said all season that they're, they're always at the party, but they're never the main guy at the party. You know, they're now, I just never feel like they're real contenders to win a premiership. As you said, that day against Penrith, I, you know, I don't think Penrith deserved to lose, but I don't think Parramatta deserved to lose either. I thought they played really well. And for the first time, I thought, geez, this team on the big stage is having a red hot crack here. Uh, mate, to see Reed sign with Canterbury though, that is, that's devastating for them moving forward. Um, that is just massive, and I, I think I think it has to be season twenty twenty two, or I think it's back to the drawing board for Parramatta. Unfortunately, um, there's still a lot of great players there. I also saw today Ray Stone. He signed with the Dolphins. That's a really big loss. He's going to be a really good player in a couple of years. So still got Moses Gutho. I feel like they don't have a genuine winner in that team. They don't have a guy that has been on a big stage and has really owned it. They've got popular guys. They've got guys that are good round one to 25, but they don't have a guy that can win in finals footy yet for me. So, and mate, at the end of the day, that's where it counts. It's the odds. The Chooks did what the Chooks do. The Roosters with an injury toll that uh, was astonishing. I've never seen it before. Maybe, maybe Penrith for 13 years ago, but, uh, the Roosters still managed to scrape a, a fifth-place finish in and uh, they showed the quality of the outfit, didn't they? Mate, I almost heard a few South Sydney fans give them compliments this year. It was it was that impressive. Um, I just... it's Mate, and it was the guys that they lost. Like, they had a bad injury run, but when you look at the guys they lost, they lost about 1,000 games of first grade. Yeah, they lost... The oh, mate, they, they lost the best winger of all time, in my opinion... They lost a top five center in our game. They lost the best back rower in our game, the best leader. They lost a top three hooker in our game. They lost a top three halfback in our game. I mean, mate, they should be playing park footy with that many injuries and losing that many guys and to still compete the way they did. Um, I think there would have been a couple of other clubs down the bottom of the ladder looking around going, what are we doing wrong? What's 
it's, it must have been a, a, a bit embarrassing for some of the other clubs. But credit to Trent Robinson, mate. This is what he does. And all the injuries as well. And, and for me, I think one of their best players, um, Victor Radley. I mean, he didn't, he didn't play for half the season. Um, they're such a better footy side when he's on the field. And it, you, you've just got to think that it lays a platform for the next few years for the Chooks. Oh, I think the biggest thing is what James Tedesco added to his game this year, the way that he was jumping into first receiver, and he's just become a more complete footballer, which is a serious worry for the rest of this competition. After last season, Des Hasler was uh, under immense pressure after a series of losses. There was no Tom Travojevic after Harry Gate, the Corso Gate, <laughs> uh, was another cracking, cracking story for 2021. And Tom had the year to remember pushed the Eagles into the top four. Uh, does Tom's form give us a false sense of reality of where the Seagulls are actually at? I, I, I think so, mate. I just, um, you know, I remember watching the early 2000s when the Roosters had that star-studded team. You'd take Freddie out and they would completely go to shit. I remember Newcastle used to do the same thing without Joey. I think Tommy Turbo, the gap between the team with him, without him, is just, it's even bigger. And I mean, that Manly side... It's not like he's the only guy on the field. There are some damn handy footballers in that team, but they're just, they're so different without him. And once again, I love the Travoyevichs, but, and, you know, they are still young. They've got a heap of rugby league in front of them, but, um, you know, they still haven't managed to, I think they've won one finals game from five or so. So they he's got to be able to take his game to that next level along with his brother. Um, I, 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 I want to say they can win a premiership next year, but, I, I think we're in the same sort of boat. I'm not. I'm not convinced on it. I'm not confident enough to say that they can. They've got the ability to be able to do it. Um, I think that if they can get that hooker back, Finu, that'll be a real point of difference for them. He's a really good footballer. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't rule them out, but uh, I won't be putting uh, my money on them next year. No. What about the Rabbitohs? Um, so close, but so close so far. Yeah, it's uh, it's a tough one, South Sydney. I was so impressed with what they did last year. They real they really warmed to the task. You had, you know, obviously the, the, there's nine teams in this competition that South Sydney can put a blindfold on and and beat by forty points realistically. Um, I think every time they played, like the first time they played Penrith, I think they got beat by fifty. Then yep. they got beat by twenty four. Then they got beat by two when they were a conversion or a field goal or a non intercept away from beating them. You know, it just had Wayne Bennett written all over it. He's just the king of tapering for the right end of the season. Um, South Sydney, though, I I wouldn't be surprised if in a year's time we're looking back at Adam Reynolds at the Rabbitohs and going, he was the most underrated player in the competition and it wasn't close. Um, Cody Walker had an unbelievable season, but, you know, you sit back, you watch those highlights. Who does Cody Walker get the ball off every single time in great space? Uh, I also think, you know, you, you look back to that grand final, I think the thing that wins it for Penrith is the kicking game. And I think Adam Reynolds has, if not the best kicking game, the second best kicking game in rugby league. South Sydney are really, really going to miss that. So also losing Wayne is massive as well. I, um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting time in South Sydney. I still think they've got enough talent to beat up on the bottom teams, but I don't think they can contend for a premiership. I, I'm just about ready to lock them into about sixth or fifth place. Yeah, mirror moments. No Pierce, Adam Reynolds changing. It affects all three clubs in very different ways. The Panthers, uh, premiers, but second place on the ladder. We sort of touched on them earlier. 
very impressive with what they did, how they did it. Uh, it wasn't without scandal. It wasn't without misdemeanor. Uh, but it's a young bloke, young group of kids just enjoying their footy and, and the results are showing. Mate, have you, I was thinking about the other day. Have you ever seen a group handle scandal better? It's like yeah. it's not happening. It just it, it didn't seem to phase them in any way, shape, or form. Um, and, mate, I, I remember after the 2020 Grand Final sitting there going, going to lose James Tarmo and Josh Mansell. They're the only two proper experienced guys. Like, I feel like they lost that Grand Final because of a lack of experience. And then somehow in a year's time, they just... It was incredible. I think it's it's one of the most impressive premierships I've seen when you put it all together, the situation they're in, the trouble off the field, the guys they lost, the young guys in their halves. Uh, it, it's incredible. And as much as you know, everyone says, oh, you want to win with local juniors, mate, doing it with local juniors is so hard. The Penrith Panthers made it look easy, but it, it is near impossible to be able to do very, very excited for them moving forward. They've locked in their key pieces, Isaiah Yo, James Fisher-Harris and Cleary. Um, they're going to be competitive for a long time here. Without Cameron Smith and for over a decade, we've said, oh, no, they've they've lost Greg Inglis. They're no good. They're, this is the year they fail. They lost Billy Slater. They lost Cooper Cronk. They lost Cameron Smith. They're still there as the minor premiers. Um, a successful year for the Storm but an unsuccessful year for the Storm because they didn't get to the grand final despite being minor premiers. Mate, at no point this season did I think the Melbourne Storm weren't going to win the premiership, to be perfectly honest with you. I just just, couldn't see any any other team toppling them on the big stage, and they didn't even make it to the big stage. They got done the week before. Uh, Obviously, that game, they lost Christian Welsh. They lost Brandon Smith. It's a big loss for any footy side, but... I mean, that, that, that's rugby league. And normally the Melbourne Storm, they just find a way to overcome. Um, it was a game where I was sort of just waiting for Cameron Munster to have his moment. Mm. And it just never came. And he was given the... Like, the Melbourne Storm had so many opportunities in that game. Penrith didn't play a perfect game. They they defended perfectly, but they didn't play a perfect game of football. They gave so many opportunities to Melbourne and they just weren't able to take it. I... Yeah, I, I remember the week of that game listening to Cooper Cronk talk to Matty Johns and um, Matt Johns said to him, occasionally Melbourne, they look so good, but then they just have games in finals where they just shit the bed. What do you put that down to? And he just, he had no no explanation for why it happened sometimes. I think he went back to when the Warriors beat them that, that night in 2011, I think it was, and he just said, mate, we just went home and stared at the ceiling. We didn't, we, we couldn't work out what had happened there. And I think it was a similar situation. It's... uh. It's very interesting times in Melbourne, mate. I'm not going to be the one to say it's falling apart because uh, I'm not that stupid. The last decade has taught me not to go there, but very, very interesting off-season for them with a couple of guys leaving, a couple of guys in trouble, a couple of guys not getting vaccinated. There's going to be a lot of changes next year. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, there is going to be a lot of changes, mate. Thoughts on the Dolphins? Uh, They've been confirmed. Scratching their head, they're not using a geographical location in their title. I don't get it. Am I wrong here? No, I agree with you, mate. I think it's a very strange way to go about things. I I personally think they've kind of shit the bed at every corner apart from Wayne Bennett and Peter O'Sullivan. Uh, yeah. Having those two guys in the building, I know they're going to be okay. Uh, not having a location rattles me a little bit. I, don't, I just don't... 
just doesn't make sense to me. Um, I think that, you know, I remember when November 1st came around, I, I was licking my lips going, I'm going to get to make, I'm going to get to make a podcast every two days with guys they're signing. We're in December and they just announced their second signing. Like it's, it's really taken me by surprise. I understand they don't start playing for another year and they're taking their time. But personally, I thought blokes would have been jumping to get up to Queensland, play under Bennett. And I remember saying to Peter O'Sullivan six weeks ago, like, hey, this is going to be your Super Bowl. You've got Wayne Bennett to use as a as a chip. You've got – it's beautiful weather up there. It's a great place to live. And, you know, I got the impression he, he was really confident. But seemingly – they're struggling to get guys. I, I thought that the first marquee guy, the first signing, should have been a huge name. I was saying on my podcast, I still remember the day I was going to school, I was walking down to the bus stop, and I saw on a newspaper, Preston Campbell is signed with the Titans, and I just thought, wow, what a signing, what a fella. Um, Felice Cafusi's a great footballer, don't get me wrong, but there's no kids in the backyard emulating Felice Cafusi. He's not a poster guy. I, I You know, I, I'm... I'm a teacher. I teach year six. I went to 10 boys that are 12 years old. They're all rugby league mad. And I said, oh, the Dolphins just signed their first guy. Who do you reckon it is? And they had 25 guesses. They didn't get it. I think they said Cameron Munster 14 times. And I said, oh, Felice Cafusi. And, and they sort of went, ah, oh, he's the Melbourne forward, isn't he? And I was like, yeah. And like, that's the, that's the sort of, oh, I think it should have a bigger impact than that. And that's with... All due respect to Felice, he is a tremendous player. He's one of the best defensive players in our competition. But I thought it was a real opportunity to make a splash. He's not a, he's not the marquee guy, and the marquee guy also puts bums on seats and attracts sponsors. Players signing with clubs 15, 16, 17 months before they suit up. I'm against it. What say you? Yeah, I, I don't like it as a fan. It shits me, but I, I also understand it from the other point of view of the players that if they, you know, if Philly Army Kickout doesn't sign that contract now and he does an ACL this year and he's a different footballer, that changes his value. So I understand that. And I'm sure that when the RLPA sits down to argue this, that will be their number one point. Um, and it's it's the same over in the NFL at the moment. Guys are, you know, guys are so worried about getting injured that the, the they're doing their deals early and everything as well. But as a fan, it just shits me. Like, God, it's going to be like watching Parramatta this year. As soon as anything goes wrong there, it's going to be Reed Marnie and Isaiah Papali. They've got their eyes elsewhere. They don't care about the club anymore. And it's like you, you, you don't train and practice rugby league all your life to coast through when you're on the field. Guys just don't do that. It just creates just creates a false narrative for me. It's tough for fans. I, I you know, Billy Army kick out. I, I felt a little bit sorry for him, to be honest with you. Um, you know, whether people say he shouldn't have put the jersey on or not. Mate, if Phil Gould says to me, hey, put this on for me, what, what are you going to say, you know? It's Phil Gould. Like, um, yeah, I still wonder if that accidentally leaked or if, if that was maybe a Gussie special. But uh, I think Army got uh, done and dusted there. But, uh, yeah, I feel sorry for the situation he's in and the criticism that he copped. Uh, for him to show up to the fan day and get booed after winning a premiership, Good God, it just shows the landscape of rugby league at the moment. It's rugby league in a nutshell, mate. Thanks for dropping in for a chat. Give the socials, the podcast a plug. Yeah, Rugby League Guru on Instagram, Rugby League Guru podcast on uh, all the places you'll find it. And as we spoke about earlier, we've dove into TikTok, which has been scary as all hell. You're going to show yourself soon or what? 
Oh, to be continued. The rugby league guru trying to convince me a TikTok and joining us on this Andy Raymond unfiltered, very social Christmas. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. Listen. 